Welcome to the Mum Safe Movement podcast. I'm your host, Jen Dugard. I'm so excited that you're here and now part of this very important movement for change in the way mums are looked after in the fitness industry. In 2020, 4.35 million women used our gyms and fitness facilities in comparison to 3.5 million men. Further to this, in 2016, the ABS reported that 77% of women over the age of 15 in Australia would become mothers. This is 3.35 million mothers or 42.7% of a personal trainer's potential clientele. Yet our fitness certificates don't teach us enough and mums themselves receive very little, if any, education about how to move safely and effectively. I am here to change that. This podcast is an accumulation of over 16 years in the fitness industry, a decade working face-to-face with mums themselves and teaching thousands of trainers in my Safe Return to Exercise certification. And most recently, bringing mums and trainers together around the MumSafe brand. This podcast is the next step into raising our voices and bringing mums and the trainers that work with them into the arena to achieve our mission of safe and effective exercise for women at every stage of motherhood. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Mum Safe Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Dugard, and today I'm talking to Amanda Comerford. Amanda is the owner of Mums Run the World Fitness in Brisbane's Northside, and she's also mum to to three beautiful children. And she's one of our Mum Safe trainers. I invited Amanda onto the podcast to share with you her journey, especially around her finances and what difference facing and understanding them has meant to her life and to her business. Amanda is a single mum and so there's no real backup plan when things don't work out or there's no money coming in. Amanda joined MumSafe in June of 2021 and let's just say things have been up and down. She's now on an up But this conversation highlights to you that it's not all smooth sailing in the world of business or personal finances, that not all things go to plan, but there is a way that you can face your fears and your challenges and climb your way back to where you want to be. Before we jump in, I want to say thank you to Amanda for her vulnerability and her willingness to share some really hard facts around her personal situation so that others can see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it is possible to build a business that you love, that supports others and also provides for you and your family. Let's dive in today. Hey, Amanda, welcome to the Mum Safe Movement podcast. How are you today? I'm feeling nervous, but good. Nervous, but good. Cool. Which will take me straight into (laughs) our first question for today is share with us a word in which you're showing up, a win and something that you've been working on. Um, So my word is that I am feeling a bit nervous. That's how I'm showing up today. Um, But I am very excited. Um, My win is that I just um, signed up for to present a five-week program to one of the mothers' groups that I've been speaking in regularly, so I'm pretty excited about that one. I saw that. Who, that was with the, what are they called? Raising Mummers. Nice. We'll give them a little bit of a shout-out, which is yeah. nice. And they're based in? Um, so they are Sunshine Coast and North Lakes, and okay. I've been speaking in the North Lakes one for three terms now. All right. So. And so what does that partnership look like? 
Um, so I will be running a five week um return to exercise program. Awesome. Um, where I will be working with new mums around their daily movement, um, and making sure that they feel confident in their body's capabilities in their new roles. Amazing. And that's in do you do that face to face in North Lakes? Yes, yeah, so that'll be bearing um in North Lakes. Okay, cool. And I know that we're diving straight into go, hey, if you're listening, but if someone is listening and wants to jump into that, where do they go? To the Raising Mamas website or? Yes, jump on the Raising Mamas website. Um, yeah. There is more examples of what the program's going to be like and how to sign up for that. Amazing. Awesome. Congratulations. I love a good partnership and that one makes so much sense. And what have you been working on? Um, for me, I've been working on building up my PT numbers. Okay. Um, I'm feeling quite confident with where I'm sitting with my classes. It's the PT side that I want to rebuild now. Awesome. Nice. I love it. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you to come on to the Mum Safe Movement podcast. We had the wonderful Melissa Brown talking to us all things finance and you are a Mum Safe trainer. You came in, I did a little bit of research before we got in so I could figure out exactly when you jumped in. So you came into Mum Safe in June of 2021 um, and you've had a, a financial journey and I know there's been other journeys around that, but we're here to talk about really how facing your finances has got you from where you were to where you are now but before we go down that path do you want to give us a little bit of a it could be a two to five minute kind of background on who you are um what got you into the fitness industry and yeah how you came to work with mums and a little bit about your personal life as well as much as you willing yeah. to share yeah yeah definitely um so I am Amanda I do run mums around the world fitness um I've been running that for about four or five years now um I sort of got into it um because I was quite isolated in the situation I was in and I didn't want other women to feel that. I also have three um, neurodivergent children. So I wanted my daughter to have a very positive view of exercise and it not be a punishment for what she's eating or that she has to be a certain size. I wanted it to be a very positive experience for her. Um, and yeah, so that's sort of like where I've why I started and how I've grown from there. Um, I did do some subcontracting for a while um, for a couple of other businesses and then decided that I really wanted to do my own. And I was lucky enough to take over one of the businesses that I was subcontracting in and have been running at Breckenridge for three years now. Um, And in the last 12 months, it became my own. Um, So, yeah, and I run boot camps and PT from Narangba at home. No. I have to work around my children. Tell <laughs> I'm a single mum, so okay. I have to work everything around my children. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about that and what that um, means for you. So my daughter started school last year um, and the fact that there are neurodivergent children, they've all got specialist appointments from OT to psychology and stuff like that. But I needed a business that I could do all of those appointments, be at the school when I need to be, um, and still give something that works for me in a positive light that I enjoy. Um, I used to work in offices in sales and admin support pre-kids um, and I did not want to go back into that situation um, and I wanted to give back to the world and I wanted to give back to other women who felt as alone and um, struggle with mum life like I did a little bit for a while. Um, it's a very big mental load. Um, so you need that space. So that's sort of why I do the things that I do, run the business the way that I do with my classes in the morning when the kids are at school. So my afternoons are free to be able to be at appointments and that sort of thing. 
Yeah. And so to backtrack again, so you've you've owned Brackenridge for three years now? Um, I subcontracted for Brackenridge for three years. Yeah. Um, and then this last 12, oh, last 12 to 18 months, it was my own. Yeah. And was it known as Mums Run the World Fitness pre-you? No, it was Hot Mummers. Um, ah, why did yeah. you change the name? Um, well, I already had Mums Run the World okay. at that point. Um, so I sort of did a bit of rebranding and a bit of a launch and a bit of a thank you for staying with us, even though I'm now owning it rather than the previous one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, changed it all into my branding and that's why, yeah. Yeah. So had you just started to do that when you came across MumSafe? Yes. Yeah. So I sort of got into that space and was like, I don't know anything of what I'm doing here in the background. <laughs> Let's pause on that for a second. So had you done, um, like, tell me more about that. So you you were working in the mum space or you wanted to step yep. into the mum space, but you, when you say you didn't know what you're doing, was that from a business sense or more a working or, and an educational sense? Like what, what does that look like? Um, so it was definitely more of a business sense. Yeah. Um, although in my, um, business has always been mums around the world it was very much just fitness focused it wasn't um you know safely returning to exercise how we need to think about our pelvic floors and all of those sort of things um and those things actually developed out of injuries that I received through my training experiences with other personal trainers and other coaches yeah um so yeah that sort of business-wise I had no clue what I was doing I was like I just rock up and I coach you know, support the women, I'm there for them. And then I go home, you know, and at the end of the week, I was like, so what am I actually earning? What am I getting? I'm checking how much my direct debits were coming in every day. There was no structure set to it. And I guess moving from contractor to owner, like what was that experience like? Because contractor, at least you know what you're getting. You rock up, you get paid, you go home. Was it, were you comfortable when you were contracting? Yes. Yeah. So it... I know that you don't like this term, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm like holding my breath to know what you're going to say now. (laughs) This business was technically a hobby for me. I don't Um, mind that term. There just has to be a, like a hobby to begin with is fine, but there has to be a line in the sand to go, this is now what I'm doing. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's what it was for me was it was just like a a hobby, a side hustle while my kids were still at home with me. And then I, took over that business and my kids went to school and I was like oh crap I don't actually know what I'm doing other than coaching yeah how do I make a living out of this how do I you know get off government support to actually have a thriving business and a thriving family yeah so paint a picture from a financial sense so you were contracting you were getting paid everything was fine and then you took on this other you took on the other business yeah. What was the reasoning that you did that? Was she just trying to get out or did you? Um, her, she had some family okay. issues where her yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yep. had to move. Um, and I didn't want to leave the women that were there. You know, some of those people had become my friends. You know, when you coach, it's such a personal journey for people. Um, and I get very attached to my clients. You know, yep. it's a personal thing for me as well. Um, so I didn't want to let them down and I had the capability of being able to do that at the time and step up into that space. I was like, well, I want to do it. Yeah, fantastic. And were you a single mum at that time? Um, I had recently become a single okay. mum at that time. Yeah. Um, my custody was a little different to what it is now. Um, so I had the space to be able to do that. 
now I have my kids full time, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So you take over this business and then what happens? Um, so I take it over. They were always running to a 10 week school term. Mm -hmm. Um, and I took it over halfway through the school term. So all of the direct direct debits became me. I was like, this is fantastic. All of this extra money is coming in now. (laughs) Awesome. And then we get to the next term and I go, I've started working with a, um, business coach at the time. And he's like, you need to put up all your prices, um, or you need to either stop doing boot camps and work on your PT because that's where you're going to make more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go, okay, I'm going to put up all the prices, everyone. And it's the first time they'd had a price increase in the whole time they'd been there. So I had a mass exodus. Okay. And my whole income dropped and my way of living changed. Um, because I also, when I took over the business, I had to hire two subcontractors to be able to work the two locations. Yeah. Um, I was hemorrhaging money. I was paying them, paying for hire, and then not actually knowing what the plan is in five, six weeks' time. Okay. So how much did – just to give some context, because I love a price rise, I have to say. (laughs) Although it has to be done properly and potentially has to look after the members um, that are already existing. So it could be an incremental price rise where you warn your clients that it's coming and then everyone new gets the new price or, you know, something like that. How did, was it a big price leap and how did it, how was it executed? Yeah. So it was sort of like um, they went from a structure where they just paid a weekly fee, no matter yeah. how many classes they came to, um, they could come and go to, this is how much two classes are. This is how much three classes are. And mm-hmm. I'm locking you into these contracts that put you into these classes into this 10 week block. Yeah. And it was about, uh, for those people that went to do unlimited classes, it was about a $15 increase per week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those that were, you know, doing all of the classes previously, a lot of them dropped down to like two or three because financially that's where they could sit yeah because that's what they were paying previously okay and what else happened around that time um so we sort of also went into um winter yeah and the start of winter um being in an outdoor boot camp although we're undercover people don't want to train outside when it's cold they have struggled to get out of bed of a morning yeah so you know um and because I allow children to come mums to bring their kids from school and stuff like that we got into the flu season it was cold yeah so I had a drop of that as well and were you continuing to do PT or what um so I was um continuing to do PT however again my prices increased um and a lot of it at the time the coach was like you know you're not getting value for the effort that you're putting in you're not Mm -hmm. using your self-worth which is something that I've struggled with this whole entire process um And when I put my prices up, I only lost two or three, but over time they dropped off, you know, life events happen. Yeah. Um, Some of them got pregnant, some of them got married, you know, and then I wasn't getting anybody else coming in. Okay. You know, so that was, people were leaving, but I wasn't growing because nobody was coming back or coming in. No. Yeah. I, I want to jump ahead and go, well, what are your prices now? And, and tell me about those things. But we're going to get there in time because I don't want to just be like, yeah. <laughs> so is that when you came across MumSafe? Yeah. So I had actually been following you since I studied to become a PT. Um, I really struggled with the 
I was the only one that had had children in my PT course. Okay. Um, and the one page around women's health drew me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I was answering a lot of questions around mums and birth and all of that sort of stuff throughout my PT course. So I'd been following you for a while. And then um, being that I wasn't really connecting with the mentor that I had at that time, I was like, I need to find someone who understands me as a mum and me as a person um, that's going to push me but not shove it down my throat, do it all, it's over. There's a, there's a fine line, right? <laughs> there's a very fine line. <laughs> We've got to walk that line all the time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I remember actually Amanda coming across, I don't know if, like I remember seeing your brand for the first time, Mums Run the World, and I was like, that is cool. Um, I loved the black and white. I loved the fact that I knew straight away who the brand was for. Um, so I was super intrigued when we crossed paths, I guess, or I don't know whether you were commenting more or whether it was the first time you followed or whatever it was. Um, yeah, just re- I've, I think you have a really great, strong brand and there's no questioning what you're here to do, which is super cool. Yeah. So then you jump into MumSafe, but are you, like, from a financial perspective, obviously there's a commitment. So you, you stopped working with your previous business coach. I don't know how much that was costing. Um, was there a gap between the two coaching experiences or? No, like, you guys actually overlaid by about a month. Okay. Because um, I had to give notice at that point with yeah. them. Um, and then I started with you. Um financially it was a really scary thing to do yeah I was losing money and I'm like I either have to find somebody that can really help support me in this and and build me back up Mm. or I'm going to close these doors and go and find a nine-to-five job that I can work around the children yeah so let's talk about that for a second because I find that a lot of women that I talk to that are thinking about joining mum safe and and I'll be completely upfront is often they have partners and they'll be like they can't justify taking the next step or they want to start to build something before they take the next step and we all know it's the same as having a PT right get the PT because you're going to go quicker rather than wait till you've tried to fix it yourself and then spend another six months doing what you would have done six months ago but what what was the difference for you because it would have been so easy I think at that point for you to just not not invest any more money or say I've tried to work with someone that didn't work and this is where I'm at like what was going through your head um for me I think because deep down my passion is supporting women supporting mums showing my children you know why exercise and why this sort of lifestyle is so important to them that I felt like I was letting everybody down if I closed those doors and I was like you know what I would rather push through this pain barrier and know that there'll be success down the road and have faith in that or give up and show that when things get hard I should just give up and that's not who I am it's never been who I am I I like to fix things and I like to be there I like to support um so I tend to push through that barrier Mm. but oh my god it was the most scariest thing because I was like if this doesn't work you know, I'm setting a timeline. I've got three months. If this doesn't work, then I need to close these doors and I need to go and go back to an office job. Yeah. How's that going to work around my kids and their needs and their appointments and stuff like that? 
Okay, so you took the leap, and then what? Um, then I was like, I jumped in. Um, you and I had a bit of a chat about where I was sitting with everything, and I was like, cool, this is going to be great. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to work through the portal, um, start at the beginning, and I did very quickly, and then I sort of went, I'm getting distracted from the business, from running classes mm. and, you know, um, I had a th- few personal things come up and I never got back into the portal mm-hmm. and I never got back into it. So although I had put some things in place and things did get better a little bit in my business, I ended up in that same cycle that I was before where I was doing good and then as winter hit, flu hit, um, you know, uh, we went through um, a little bit of a COVID boost up here with everybody um I didn't have any backing I didn't have a safety net for what was going on and I fell off again and went oh god I'm gonna have to close those doors again yeah so let's I'm just gonna set the time frame a little bit more because I think we had a we had a session and I think that's you know one of the key things I wanted to talk about in this time together yeah. is we had a session Let's call them two cycles. So cycle number one, and I remember you giving me a testimonial going, I was three months away from closing the doors and this is what I've done and now I'm 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 good, I'm on the up and, and things are happy days. And then yep. there has been that second cycle. So we're not gonna we're not gonna say everything's sunshines and roses sunshine, not sunshine, sunshine. and roses when it's not, because we're here to be no. real. But there was the up and and before you got to that first up, we had a really in-depth um, session or couple of sessions around your finances. Yeah, we sort of we looked at where I was at. Um, yeah. I finally learned where my business was sitting at, um, and then what I needed to do to get off that government support. Where did I need to be to have a successful business? Um, I never ever forecasted before. Mm-hmm. I no idea what that was. Um, you know, I didn't know what my numbers were. I didn't know what I was leaving on the table if I didn't have full classes or anything like that. So all of that really sparked this big drive in me that I now knew all this thing. I had all this information. This is going to be amazing. So let's dive into that a little bit more. So what information, when you said know all my numbers, what was the stuff that you or we we dug into? So let's yeah. say somebody's in your situation where you were. Um, let's say they, they're running a business. They have never sat down with a spreadsheet before. They just hope that there's more money coming in than there's going out. They're not really balancing anything. Um, what did, cause we did a personal spreadsheet and a business spreadsheet, um, run us through that kind of process for you. Yeah. So we sort of went, okay, I ran this many classes at Brackenridge. I don't remember off the top of my head how many it was at the time. This is how many people I can have in those classes. And this is how much on average somebody was paying. Um, Okay, well, that ends in 10 weeks time. What's the next 10 weeks going to look like after that? You know, okay, now let's look at your personal training. How much is that bringing in? You know, what if we were to add five more clients? How would that look to my all? Um, my budget overall, you know, um, what are my expenses? I didn't even know my expenses. I was paying for like a whole bunch of things, um, subscriptions that I'd signed up for. Subscriptions are the worst, aren't they? Like, fuck, if, if people are not doing a subscription audit, at least at the end of every financial year, please do it. Like if you take nothing else away from this podcast, go and do a subscription audit. You'll save like a couple of hundred bucks minimum a month, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, you know, I had signed up for things that I thought the business needed. Of course. You know, <laughs> I do that like, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually don't use it or the free version of that works mm. for everything that I need. Um, and then we looked at, you know, if I was to put um, a clothing brand, which I now do, I sell my own active wear, how much would that bring in? What's my outgoing costs and that sort of thing? So having that breakdown of knowing exactly what's coming in allows me to be able to go, okay, in four more weeks' time, this is what I need to be bringing in. Otherwise, you know, I'm not feeding myself mm-hmm. type thing. Um, and I didn't know that before. And that's a very powerful thing to drive you yeah. is to know how much money's there and what your minimum is that you actually need to be making. Mm. I didn't even know what my minimum was. So you mean minimum to live? Uh, yeah, minimum to live, minimum to keep the business doors going, that type of thing, yeah. Why do you think you'd never done that before? Scared. <laughs> I didn't want the answers. I didn't want to know just how bad it was. You know, I'd gone from a dual income with three children to mm. my own income and my own income wasn't really where it should be for somebody um, raising three children and I'd just sort of buried my head in the sand. I was like, this is just too scary. It's too much. I don't want to know what the answer is. Mm. You know, I'm putting fuel in the car. The kids are being fed. You know, They're doing successful things. That's all that matters. And that's the one thing that stood out for, through every conversation that we've had. And we've had a lot of conversations behind closed doors about making sure that the kids are completely looked after and any decision that you're you're making whether it's a financial one whether it's a time-based one whatever it is yeah 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 which I've really really appreciated you know um, it is very hard when you do do this by yourself Mm. to know sometimes what the right step is you want to do great things for your business but putting in boundaries is something that I've never really done I just, as, as I said earlier, I, I'm there to help and support and I want to help and support every single person that I come across. Um, and sometimes that's not always healthy. So I think you've just covered two things that I, I think, you know, someone come back to me if I'm wrong on this, but not looking at your finances, not having great boundaries is something, and I'm going to gender this, every businesswoman goes through at some point because I know I've been there. Um I reckon most people can relate, if not all. And I'm sure there's plenty of men that can as well, but given we're talking about your situation and you are a woman and I can put my hands up. (laughs) So then what, how did it feel when you first looked at your finances? It looked crap. Like it was, I was like, oh my God, I actually didn't realise how much I was spending on things that, weren't really bringing any value into the business or into my time. Um, But I was losing all of this money and I'm like, I'm trying to to get successful. Did we just have a little dog barking in the outside? Rosie's watching a car go up the road. Hopefully she's going to stop in a second. Carry on. Sorry, Amanda. (laughs) No, you're right. Um, You know, like I wanted to be having this successful business but yet I'm losing all of this money. How do I stop that happening? Um, and then how do I grow from that? Um, and it, although it sucked seeing those numbers, being able to lean on you and be like, okay, this really sucks. What what should I be doing? And you go, okay, you know, you don't need these subscriptions. You know, 
do you really need the subcontractor? Does this fit into, you know, what service, what serves you and your family? Um, and is it actually like worth what you're putting out there? Mm. Um, because it, it's quite scary when you see those things and you don't know what you don't know. Like you don't know how to move forward in that situation. Um, and being that, you know, I am by myself with the three children, I don't have someone to talk to about that. None of my friends or family have a business. Um, they don't know that side of things. Um, so, yeah, being able to lean on you and be able to talk to you about that and then move forward with from that was amazing. I really thank you for that. Oh, thank you because it's a two-way relationship, right? And you've got to bring everything to the table. And I spend a lot of time observing people and I love observing people. And it's always interesting to me the people that struggle in silence and I know that there's always reasons behind that or struggle in silence and then come and say hey this is not working and I'm like well that's interesting because I haven't heard from you for the last whatever versus someone like yourself who shows up time and time again and if I can say anything about you even when it's been the shittest of the shit you show up we see your face you come on you be real and I can think of like this key people that have been similar operators to you over time and they always come good always come good um even though coming good sometimes takes way fucking too long (laughs) (laughs) just wish that you you put it all in you learn all the things and it just happens that's never the way it goes no it doesn't for anything but I think some once we we realize that there's a long game um, and eyes wide open. So if you think about, um, you know, it feels shit to see your numbers, but then what, I think you said it before about, you know, becoming more empowered by knowing yes. that. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So knowing my numbers allowed me to make educated decisions mm. rather than decisions out of, I need to people please. I need to be there for everybody. Um, you know, because I had the knowledge behind it, I could go, this actually isn't working financially for me. You know, um, this isn't, even though, you know, the time might work, it's just not bringing in what it needs to be bringing in and the value's not there. So I need to make a hard decision. But because I've got that knowledge, that decision's a little bit easier. Yeah, or at least you know the outcome. Or no, you know that what the outcome might be. It's similar to the birth experience yeah. Like it's like if women can go into birth understanding their body with their eyes wide open, we don't know the outcome, but they've made educated decisions on what the next best step is for them. And regardless of the outcome, they're empowered by knowing. And it's the exact same thing with finances, right? Yes. Like if you just don't know and no one tells you and no one supports you, it's like, I didn't know that was going to happen. Why did nobody teach? And, and we could say this, why the fuck isn't anyone teaching us about finances as, as young people? I think it's yep. getting slightly better, but not. it's nowhere near where it should be. So, I, oh God. like, I love my family, but my dad has always been the person that does the finances and mm. it's never been a discussion that we have. So even in my personal life, um, budgeting and finances has never really been something that's discussed or that we're taught, let alone in a business sense, especially yeah. as a PT. You do your PT course and that's kind of it. There's no real business side to that. No, go out into the world and figure that shit out. Like, <laughs> which was like, yeah, I mean, some courses now add some business components in there, but it's about um, us understanding again what we don't know and going, look, there's gaps in my knowledge. I need to go learn that. Um, 
I had something. Where was I going to go next? Uh, so you then became aware of your finances. Did you structure bank accounts differently and things like that? Once yeah, you, so I what, did. What did you start? So we've talked about knowing your numbers. How did you start to funnel um, the money coming in to make sure that it was going in the right places? Yeah. I remember one of the things that you said to me, because at that stage I was hemorrhaging money. I wasn't putting anything away. I wasn't saving. I wasn't doing tax. I wasn't you know, doing anything, um, you said to me, you know, even if it's just 1% of whatever you've made that week, I want you to put it into a bank account and that's going to be your profit account so that I feel successful that I'm actually making some money. <laughs> um, so I did that. And, you know, some weeks that was like $3. Awesome. But it was And you moved something. the $3? Did you do it? Yes, I, I did. so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, should have done the tax one. Did oh, okay. I, I'm one of those people that are great at putting all the things in place, doing it for a few months, and then something comes up and I need that money yep. to take it out and get mm-hmm. used other ways. Um, so now I'm suffering for that. Okay. Um, so you've got a tax repayment plan? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. And what are you, are you now taking tax out of what you're earning now so that you don't have to? Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. So now you're done yes. paying tax because, all right, we learned those lessons. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Um, and I now, um, so I've done that. I don't actually need to buy any equipment, but I do put $10 away every week into an equipment budget, mm-hmm. you know, if something breaks and I need to fix it or something like that. Um, and then at the end of the month, I look at that and go, okay, how much is sitting in there? Could I move that into my profit or into my tax? Um, so it's sort of like a little bit of a, a spend fund, but I could put it into a savings if I need mm. it to be. And are you putting aside super? No. Okay, cool. Next. So that next, is on next the list. to add. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I do have a little list financially now that I keep that's like, okay, once I get to this point, I need to start doing this. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to be working at 80 years old. Exactly. <laughs> I'd like to retire at some point. Um and being the fact that I was a stay-at-home mum with my kids throughout my pregnancy, I didn't earn anything then. Um, yeah. And I took money out of my super to buy all my equipment throughout COVID. Ah, uh, the $10,000 you could take out. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. my super does not look very healthy yeah, at all. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's a goal for this year or the rest of this year, this financial year, to start putting a super away. And if anyone's listening, like go back and listen to Mel's episode when she talks about the compounding effect of super you might even enjoy that Amanda um yeah and I think but I think that the fact that you're being super honest throughout this whole conversation and you know there's plenty of us that are not doing like I only started paying super about four years ago now and I've been a PT for 17 years like wow um and even like from investing and I take now take 10% I take 15% profit and I take 10% of everything that I pay myself out of. So I pay myself a wage and then I take 10% out of that and that goes into like kind of investing. But, you you know, you've got to get to the point where you can do that. Yeah. Um, but One of my goals is to get to the point where I'm paying myself a wage. Yeah. Not just using whatever's left at the end of the week. Yeah, and that is a big, that's the um, pay yourself, like make sure you're paying yourself. Yeah, and that's where you can then go, okay, well, if I'm paying myself this month, much a week this is how much the super should be um, I'm going to divert that and then I'm going to take 10% off the bottom of that and start to invest it in something 
Um, but again, we get there step by step. I think people don't realize or they just don't do anything. And again, what you've done really nicely is go, I can do this now and I will do this now. And I, and you know, sometimes it is that if I take that money and put it into super, I'm not going to eat. And that's the reality of where you've been. So, you know, it's very easy for those of us that are not in that situation to go, Oh, well, can't you just put away $20 a week? And it's like, well, actually, no, <laughs> that's twenty dollars gets my kids to and from school. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so you've you've faced the finances. You're on the up. And how long was how long were things good for? Um, we were sitting pretty good. So like I joined you mid that mid that year twenty twenty one. Yeah, up until the Christmas period uh, when people sort of went away on holidays mm. um, and that sort of thing. Um, it was good. It was really good. You know, I was like, this is going great. I'm, you know, looking at next year, planning things for me and my family. Um, I moved out of my parents' house and into my own place and, you know, was starting to really feel like I was thriving again in my life. Um, and then nobody really came back. Okay. So when I had a, a big dip again. And, and were they again. they were the people from the business that you bought? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of them were for really great reasons. You know, some of them had fallen pregnant. Um, some of them, their husbands had changed jobs. I had a few ladies move interstate and that sort of thing. So, you know, ladies that I'd been training for three or four years mm. weren't leaving for financial reasons. It was life reasons. But... I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing to be getting more people in. I was posting on social media, but then that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to sit behind <laughs> my, my computer and not be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that self-worth and self-belief that I have always struggled with, Yeah. Um, which is something that I'm working on with your support. Um, so I sort of was then in this house where I'm paying rent, electricity, all of this sort of stuff. And my income's just dropped. And I'm like, crap, what am I doing? Yeah. And then I realised that I hadn't been on top of my finances. Whilst I'd set it up and done great with it for, you know, 12 weeks or so, I then dropped the ball with it, picking up something else and, Mm. yeah, was then left in a situation where I had no savings. Yeah. You know, I was back living week to week, sometimes not even week to week. Um. And leaning on the support of my family. Yep. So then what? <sighs> you okay? Yeah. 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 It's, it's a lot. It's a very and you, hard thing. It's really hard. And I want to, I guess, take just take this moment to acknowledge the fact that you are willing to share this because you're not the only person in a situation like this or similar um, pushing through in the fitness industry where there's so much good to be done but also it can be a really fucking hard slog um yeah I yeah. think I'm like one of three from my PT course that are actually still PTs yeah interesting yeah, yeah. so um I could have very easily at the start of this year just gone nope I'm not doing this anymore I'm gonna go and I'm sick of tired of chasing everything. I did the hard work and it mm-hmm. grew, but 
but I also need to take a little bit of accountability in the fact that yes I did the hard work but then I stopped doing the hard work and just enjoyed where it was yeah so Um, let's just wait 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 just so you did the hard work and what aside from getting on top of your finances what what did that look like um so for me that was learning a lot more about mums their anatomy birthing all of that sort of stuff um putting in so I although I work with PT Minder and I, I absolutely love it I didn't have um you know forms that people had to sign that actually told me about their history mm-hmm. their injury history and all of that sort of things um so I did a lot more study into the things that I felt like I needed to know as a women's health PT yeah um with a real focus on mums and that prenatal space so I felt like I was doing the hard work financially putting the foundations in business-wise and then building on my knowledge um but I stopped doing the financial side of it Mm -hmm. I went back to just doing the social media side of my business Mm -hmm. and really just enjoyed the fact that I was making this extra Mm -hmm. money without any fourth forward thinking of what this would be like if I don't be doing all these other things that I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? It's like you get that kind of, I guess it's relief and you go, cool, people are rolling in now. I must've done it. Like that's it. They're just going to keep on coming. But it's that, um, I was trying to think of the phrase and it's make hay while the sun shines. It's you've got to be sowing the seeds for the next season while things are good. And I think it was because I'd come from such a hard place mm. and that I'd put all these things in place. I was like, okay, these are just going to run automatically now. I'm just going to know what to do automatically. Yeah. But that's not the case. You, know, you have to constantly be working at it for it to continue to be successful and continue to grow. Yeah. Does it, it get, I feel like it gets easier in that you know what to do to do the yeah. things, but you cannot deny that any, any, service-based business or really any business there's always work to do in the background to make sure the next you know customer is is coming yeah yeah so we're in January um everything's shit (laughs) what are you so then what what flipped so you you kind of like I'm out I can't get through Christmas I can't you know do the new year um and then the end of school holidays rolls around, it's time to go back to work, time to, to face the term. What yeah. may, like, and I know that you've said, I kind of can't see myself doing anything different, but what are some of the things that you started to do again that you dropped off doing in January to, to get out into the community? Um, I got out of the community, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped hiding. <laughs> I, um, and I, like, I showed up. I showed mm. up to our master classes and our hot seats. And there was times there where I'm like, I feel like all I do is come into this and go cry and be like, what am I doing? I'm now doing all of the marketing stuff. I'm following the portal. I, I'm digging deep. <laughs> um, and it's just not working, you know. But over that time, you know, I'm getting, like, one extra person coming mm. in. And so the needle is moving. It's just not moving at the space that I needed it to be. Yeah. Um, but because I'd done the work before and I'd seen the success before, I was like, I know that if I do do this work, it will pay off. And this time I'm not going to stop doing the work. Mm. So that sort of 
and I applied for jobs. I'm not going to lie. I applied for admin jobs again. I applied for jobs at other gyms again. But because of the needs of my children mm. um, and their unique requirements being neurodivergent, it made it so hard to get a job. You know, like I can't do a traditional nine to five because we have eight hours of appointments during a week yeah. that I need to be at. Um, so I was like, there's a, a two-way street, you know, like I know that I need to do this for my family's sake and this is the only job that really fits around that. But also I know that if I do this work, it will be successful because I've seen it. Even if it was just for a glimmer, I've seen it. Yeah. So what did getting out into the community look like? What What were you doing? I now wear my branded stuff everywhere. Everywhere. I was, <laughs> I was only wearing it when I coached. And even sometimes I wasn't doing that. Ah. I now wear it everywhere. My members wear it everywhere. Um, I give little rewards. Um, so they get like little car decals if they do a photo of them in their shirts uh, with my logo, like at the school or doing grocery shopping and that sort of thing. So that's I'm cool. What does, what's the everywhere. car decals? So they it's st- my logo. <laughs> I thought we were across all those little things. That's awesome. So they get a logo of your business for wearing the logo of your business. I love that. Yep, pretty much. That is gold. Yeah, so we do that. Um, All of my shirts are sayings that mums have, like I have a messy hair, don't care, you know, because that's what I want people to feel like, that they can go out with their messy ponytail and feel good Yeah, because they're doing a workout. They don't have to look dressed up to be able to do a workout. So you've got slogans on the back of your all your T-shirts? Yeah. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, so that really helped. I started doing presentations in mother's groups. I know. How good. <laughs> that is so scary. So, so scary. It is. It really like, is. It's one thing to coach and feel confident in the abilities that I do there to stand up in front of a group of women who have just had children and going, this is what you need to do for your body. You know, otherwise you may end up with an injury. You know, this is how we could be successful in your day-to-day life. And, and to talk about pelvic floor and things like that, which it's not something that has ever really been discussed with me. Mm. Um, you know, women's health issues was never something that I grew up hearing about. And now I'm standing in front of, you know, nine, 10 women every 10 weeks talking to them about it um it's definitely got a lot easier and I do love it now and now I've got this partnership from it um I just put myself out there a lot more as well you know because I'm wearing my shirts when I go and grab coffee you know I'm able to talk to the local business owner because they know that I'm a business now Mm. and um I'm still posting in all of the Facebook's groups and doing that side of it to get myself out there um I gave my members a whole bunch of brochures and I said, okay, for your recovery this week, I want you to go and do mail drops with all of these. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) I'm picking up some things from this conversation. (laughs) Like we're going to have the rest of the mum safe team, like doing these little extra. Actually, I've just come up with an idea that we need to find out what everyone's little things, because obviously we've got the things that I go, Hey, do a coffee shout. Or we do, you know, we've got this, the, mum safe trainer sticker campaign coming up but you guys are doing stuff that 
we all don't know that you're doing. So that's two that we've learned already. Okay. Yeah. I see I see a thread in the Facebook group yeah. um, to find out what the little one percenters are because that's it's the layering effect, right, that makes a difference. It is. And that's what I wasn't doing previously. I was mm. like, if I just posted on social media in some business or local groups as well as my Instagram and stuff, then that'll be enough because that's where things are right now in the world. People love technology and, and that'll be enough to bring people in. But it's not. You know, it's the layering. It's the being in my clothes. It's the getting my members involved. Um, it's being around local businesses in my stuff. It's the talking in the mothers' groups. It's all of those things that yeah. have seen my business all of a sudden hit a growth, and I'm now selling out. I've never sold out before. Ah, but before we get to that, because I do want to celebrate that, there was a period of time, and we had a lot of voicemails backwards and forwards of, "I'm doing all the things, and it's just not working." Yeah. yeah. Tell me about that. That was so frustrating. And I think that if you hadn't said to me, I know this person, if you had met this person back then, you know, you could see that they struggled too. And like, I look at those mum safe members and go, but they're so successful now. Like that's where I wanted my business to be. Um, you know, and you're like, they were where you are. They did the work like you are. They were so frustrated like you are. Um, If I didn't have that, I probably would have gone, you know what, I'm doing all the work and it's not getting anything. I'm obviously not great at my job. Mm. And throw in the towel. Mm. Um, Yeah, which is a hard thing to say. It's a hard thing to say and it's a really hard energetic place to be in because you also, you know, to layer on top of that if, you know, people are listening that believe in, you know, that the energy that you're putting out into the world, when you're going out and you need people, it is a very different energy than when you're feeling confident and you're, you know, whether you want to say calling people in or the whatever the language that you want to use is. Like when you're moving through the world and you're like, come and work with me, this is what I do, choose to be with me, that is great, versus I actually need this person to put food on the table and to keep me in business and here I am saying you've got to change your energy and you're like yeah. what the fuck like seriously woman how am I supposed to change change my energy it's like eat or don't eat <laughs> yeah and you know I went into a page now where I journal often mm. um, I now listen to a meditation all the time like just trying to change that energy because I still have a lot going on personally yeah that you know I don't think anybody should have to deal with and I need to shift that energy to be able to show up for my kids, mm. you know, in a, a positive, active way, you know, be able to show up for my members in that positive, active energy way, you know, and to bring more people in without feeling desperate mm. and needy, you know, because I'm there to service them and help them, you know, yes, I get an income from this, but I shouldn't need them. Mm. they're there to need me to help them yeah yeah absolutely and so I'm just visualizing you know that um 
it's like you see the it's almost like the meme that's got the squiggly line and it's like success looks like this and then it's like I'm watching your line and it's gone you know it's gone down and then it's gone up and then it's gone down and now it's coming up beyond where the previous up was tell us because and and I don't want to again right at the beginning before we started talking I was like I don't want to sugarcoat this and say you're completely out the other side or that there's never going to be another down again um but tell us where you are now and what you think some of the biggest components to that have been so um a really big shift for me was that I looked at my time that I was out of the house Mm -hmm. um I was running evening boot camps four times a week you know, having to go there and be here and go there and be there. Whilst I had fantastic babysitters in my parents, they absolutely adored my children. It was still time that I was away from them. Mm. Um, and energetically, I didn't enjoy that. Um, but I really wanted to open up during the school hours. I'm like, this is where I can be. This is where I can give my most. And I was really struggling to feel that. Being in the mother's groups and being around my clientele and where my clientele hang out, I've seen that shift. I now have three days a week, two of those days are sold out. Um, Mums Club, which is for mums that have school-age kids or have just had children. Um, And then I do still do evening boot camps, but only two nights a week. Um, And my kids come to that and there are other kids there, so they get the socialisation side of things and you know, it's a very welcoming atmosphere for other mothers as well to be like, oh, okay, I can bring my kids as well. Um, and I no longer work super early mornings and I'm home, you know, most evenings a week except for those two. Yeah. So it's just a much happier business for me. Um, but I'm still servicing those members that I was before and mm. I'm still giving what I wanted to give just in a much healthier scenario for me and the children yeah and financially look it's it's still not a hundred percent you know it wasn't I'm not at that point where I was previously before I had the big low um but it is building again now but it's building in a more sustainable way like I now have savings um my members are finding out like week six okay, I'm asking them to sign up again. I'm asking what they're doing. You know, I'm getting that commitment from them financially um, as well as like in writing that this is what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to forecast and plan. I'm able to take holidays. I had a week off, um, you know, for the first time in ages (laughs) um, and was able to financially be okay. Yep. Um, so I'm really looking forward to Christmas. Cause yeah, because last year off. you didn't. I remember last year you just going, I just need a week off and I just can't do it. Yeah, I worked my birthday. Uh, my birthday is just before Christmas and that was my last day of work. Um, but I shoved like four PT clients into that day because I was like, I know that nobody's going to want to train mm. for the next few days. So where's my income coming from for the next few days? Right before um, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not a great feeling, you know, especially yeah. being able to buy presents and do things with the kids. And I was like, we can buy presents now. Yeah. We just can't go anywhere or do anything. I'm lucky that my parents have a pool and a beautiful deck mm-hmm. and we can live the beautiful Queensland life. Uh, but if I didn't have that, it would have been a very quiet Christmas at home. Yeah. Yeah. So to start to kind of wrap us up, where do you feel like, um, yeah, what's next? Where, yeah. Um, I would like to get to the point where I'm 
running two classes during those school hours instead of one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't ever see myself walking away from Breckenridge. You know, the ladies that I have there are so loyal and so lovely and have watched me personally go through a lot of things as mm-hmm. well as business-wise. And, and I just, some of those people I now call my best friends. Um, so I don't think I'll ever walk completely away from doing evenings. Um, but I now know where I want to be um, financially. Mm-hmm. I've forecasted for being completely self-sufficient. Yay. <laughs> what does that mean, completely self-sufficient? So it means that I'm not getting a little boost from my family financially um, yeah. and I'm not on any government payments whatsoever. Yeah, okay. So the, like, this is impo- I think this is important to, to talk about as well. Like when you're on government payments for any reason, there's a sliding scale, right? And there must be a point where you're like, I'm fucking working now and I could have been getting the money that I'm – and you've got to look beyond that and that's what I guess the financial forecasting allows you to do rather than just seeing the fact that you now have to work instead of being given the money. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, it's never sit comfortably with me. Mm. But because, you know, I was a stay-at-home mum and, and the children's dad at the time was working, you know, we were okay. But then it became a situation where I needed that support yeah. and I needed to have that safety net. Um, and, but I don't want to be on it forever. Mm. It's not my goal. It's not what I want to show my children. You know, I, I want to be successful. What's the big goal then? Because we know the sustained goal. The big goal is that I buy my own house when yeah. I'm 40. Nice. That is, that is How the many goal. years away is that? Are you going to share? That is four years away. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. doable. Yep. Um, and then, you know, after that, I look at maybe opening my own studio. Mm. And, you know, Let's make sure we do the financial forecasting on that before you do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Please don't do that yes. without uh, a very fucking good spreadsheet because. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot more overheads. Um, yeah. But, yeah, then I'd like to move the business away from being in my garage to actually having a place mm-hmm. where I I can physically separate, you know, my family from my business Yeah, at times, yeah. Unless you buy this, like, house that's got a studio on the house. Like, I'm, I'm envisaging now, like, a shed out the back or something that is more of a studio than a garage. Um, I I've, don't know. I look into that. <laughs> I look into it. I put it on my wall as my dreams and, and what I want to manifest. But Yeah. It's definitely something I've thought about, like a wing for the children's bedroom and then a wing for the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. If yeah. you could offer any um, any thoughts, doesn't have to be guidance because I think sometimes that puts a lot of pressure on people, like thoughts yeah. to anyone that is has any kind of financial struggle or even awareness, what would you say yeah. to them? I would say learn, learn where your money is going. Mm-hmm. You know, physically have it down on a spreadsheet that you can write and like print off and write notes, you know, close this account, you know, combine these two super funds that are sitting in the background, you know, um, learn all of this stuff because you don't know what you don't know and you could be losing money left, right and centre because you're hiding from it. Mm. Um, and that's what I was doing. I was hiding. We all like to hide from time to time. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. I think um, one of the things that you said earlier about um, understanding what you're leaving on the table, and, and so there's one thing 
knowing where your expenses are going. But then when you do that calculation and you go, oh, I've only got six people in this class and I could have 12, therefore I'm only earning 50% of my potential income. That's been, I feel like that's been a big driving force for you. It's been huge. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. I've, I've never known that. And when I saw that figure of how much was being left, I pretty much just curled up in a ball and cried. It's like, holy crap, that's a lot of money that I'm just leaving out there because I'm not doing the things that scare me. I'm not leaning into the things that could be boosting this business because yeah. I'm scared. You know, yeah. Take the step. But now that I know that figure, I'm like, I'm never going to have that figure on the table again. You know, it is going to be there. It's going to be in the bank account. Yes. Yeah. And I would say just for anyone listening, and this is something I fell into the trap of doing before, is you forecast the things that look really good, but then also forget to watch, like to then um, document the actuals. So that's a good, because forecasting can feel really, really good. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, amazing. I've got all this money, but you haven't actually got it yet. (laughs) I think there's also a little element to me is the fact that I'm also scared to dream a little bit because this is my second low in the business. I'm scared of that success. I'm scared to think, what this could be because am I going to have another low? And I know that that's what business yeah. does too. Yeah. So my forecasting is very restricted. Conservative. <laughs> I, yep. Yes. Cause I don't want to dream too big. Well, I mean, there's two sides to that, isn't there? There's like the dream big and be comfortable with halfway. Um, I would offer you the opportunity to have some dream time as well as having the reality check because if we get too caught up in dream time, yep. not ideal. But, yeah. And I do think there's that element when it's been up and down of going, well, what are, are you just waiting for it to be taken away again? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot There's a lot of, lot of stuff you've got to balance. Yeah. But I think, like, the more things like selling out my class, Mm. getting this partnership all of those things are showing me that you know I'm allowed to dream because these things are actually starting to become a reality yeah that I was dreaming about when I first signed up with you yeah and you build build the resilience every time something happens and you pick yourself up and maybe you've rebuilt quicker this time than you did the first time it's like you know what shit's gonna happen all the time um there's gonna be the you get to the end of a term and you've got the mass exodus and you're like shit okay cool but now I know what to do I've got the tools I'm, I've got eyes wide open. I'm going to just plug it in and do it again. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Amanda, thank you so much for being with us. I always love spending time with you. I always love um, the way that you show up over and over again. And I think you're a huge, huge example and shining light to a lot of our mum safe trainers who might be going through something similar or maybe not even the same, but go, fuck, she just keeps getting up and I can do that as well because every time someone chooses to to show up over and over again, they prove to other people that they can they can do it too. So massive, I think massive I, thank you. I think I said that in the hot seat the other day. I was like, do it, Amanda, just keep going. <laughs> just keep, you need that on the back of your shirt if you've not got it already. Just keep going. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I, I really do enjoy being part of this mum safe membership. I, I, business is so isolating and being a single mum is so isolating and having this network just so supportive. It's, it's great. Yeah. 
tell us, Amanda, if someone is in your local area, where can they find you? How can they jump into your awesome classes? Um, so I am doing classes and boot camps in Narangba and boot camps at Brackenridge. You can find me on my Instagram, Mums Run the World. Um, my Facebook group is Mums Run the World Fitness and Wellness Centre. And my website launches next week, and that's oh, amazing! <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you. That has been one of my goals for this year was to get an active, loaded website where people I can go. I love it. Perfect. And are you running trials? If someone's listening in real time, are you running trials at the moment? Um, I'm not. Okay. But that doesn't mean that my doors are closed. Yeah. yeah. I'd okay, rather cool. have a conversation and see if I can support somebody. Yeah. Then go. Okay, just wait another six weeks. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Perfect. So if yep. you're listening, head over, give Amanda a follow, give her a little bit of support and a bit of love. And she is pretty good on her socials. So you'll get some value out of that as well. Um, and yeah, thank you, Amanda, for being with us. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being with us for this episode today. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure to have one more conversation that takes us closer to our goal of safe and effective exercise for all women at every stage of motherhood. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please make sure you hit follow wherever you listen to your podcast and rate and review so more people can join us next time. For further information about anything we've talked about in this episode, head to jendugard.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to connect with me in person, I would love to hear from you over at my Instagram at jendugard. Thank you for your voice in this space. Have a beautiful day.